0: Hello and welcome to The Yarn, a podcast from the Australian wool industry. My name's Marius Cumming and I have to say I really do love my job and probably over the next 15 minutes or so you'll get a sense of why because we'll be hearing from three very different people who all have vital roles to play in the wool industry but three more different viewpoints of business you will not find. So in this episode we truly look at the business of wool from a fashion, a farming and a retailing perspective. They're all connected and whether wool growers like it or not They really are in the fashion business. And let's start with a fascinating person in this sense. Nadia Bartel has close to 400,000 followers on Instagram. Now, she's a businesswoman with a very sharp eye for fashion in this digital age.
1: I run a blog, Chronicles of Nadia. I'm also a stylist. Um, I also run an e-store, which is called The Connection. And I'm also working on my own label, which I've been doing for the last year. So I've got a couple of different titles
0: there to work with. We sort of reached out to you to to, um, come to this exhibition which is an exhibition which pairs or or, or fuses essentially um, lovely Australian works of art as well as uh, some of the amazing designs from the International Walmart Prize. So it's an art meets fashion uh, exhibition, it is a little bit different. What do you make of it as someone with a real life of fashion?
1: It is absolutely incredible here, I have to say. Um, your curator has done an incredible job of merging, obviously, these incredible artworks with your pieces um, that you've got in, in your archive. And the pieces here are just so intricate, the detail of every piece. Looking at I know that every piece needs to have 80% wool, and you look at it and you're like, oh, my goodness, like the beautiful detail and the fun. Um, form of the fabrication of the wall just is incredible and there's some of my favourite designers on display here we have Dion Lee, Allery, Bianca Spender and the designs are just absolutely breathtaking so for me a fashion lover I've just spent so much time I think you've noticed me looking through taking videos of of all the pieces so yeah it's been really incredible and it's great that it's here in Geelong as well so I think it's fantastic.
0: What uh, is your connection to fashion and um, what, what is the state of fashion in Australia at the moment?
1: I think the state of fashion in Australia is really exciting. I think we've got such a large array of emerging designers as well doing some really incredible things and they're being recognised internationally, which is fantastic. And I think um, we've got, obviously, designers like Dion Lee and Allery and Bianca Spender and um, many more that I love that are doing some incredible things as well. Um, My – how I first got into fashion, I guess it's a little bit of a different way to the usual um, girl. I didn't study fashion design at uni. I actually – um, was a business student, and then I went off off to work in magazines, fashion magazines. So it was Marie Claire and InStyle and Grazia and Cosmopolitan, and some of those titles, more as a marketing assistant. And then I worked my way up. And then as I was working in um, the fashion industry in magazines, um, I sort of started working on my blog, and that was um, many years ago when blogging was very early days. And from doing my blog, it's obviously led me on to, to lots of many different things from there. But yeah, it's just been something that sort of happened quite organically as well but I think for me I've always got that sort of marketing and business mindset as well with everything I do with fashion so I really find that quite exciting and that's when I went on to launch my e-store because I really yeah find that sort of marketing um, aspect exciting with fashion.
0: So what's, uh, what's at your e-store?
1: So my e store is called The Connection, so it's an online e-store um, housing a number of um, Australian brands, a few international brands, and you have got brands like P Nation, which I know that um, Woolmark have done a little collaboration with coming up, and Camilla and Mark, and Furley, and Nobody Denim. So yeah, lots of Australian brands, and I think our point of difference with the e-store as well is really about um, offering, a, offering a curated selection of pieces as well. I think it's really hard that there's obviously so much choice when it comes to fashion, and when I was working in my full-time nine to five magazine job it was quite stressful and I didn't have much time to shop so we really wanted to offer something for those girls out there that don't have a lot of time Sheep up there? It sounds like sheep are <laughs>
0: running through the National Wool Museum. Anyway, sorry, go on.
1: Um So yeah, we wanted to offer something that was obviously easy for women to shop, and they didn't have to think, and they could just sit there. and And our point of difference is obviously like courier service in in, in Melbourne, and, and great um service as well. So
0: so tell us a little bit about what you're expecting tonight and what you saw. I mean, that we are obviously keen to portray wool as a as a modern fibre and as a versatile fibre. Do you think that is something that is perhaps getting through or do we still have a fair bit of work to do?
1: Oh I think definitely. I think 100% I think it's definitely a modern fibre. I think looking at everything on display here tonight it's it's very obvious that it is and I think um, that's the recognition in Australia as well. I think people are really understanding that that um, wool obviously you know it's it's a fibre out there that obviously it keeps you cool, it keeps you warm, it's biodegradable as well and I think um, yeah it's, it's it's making great paths and, and waves in Australia. It's incredible.
0: What about you into the future? Is there uh, is there a designer wanting to to spring forth here or? Uh,
1: that was why I was really excited to actually come here this evening because since I've been working on my own label for the last year, I've obviously got um, I look into um, materials a lot because I think the point of difference with my label is I want it to be a big focus on quality and fabrication. And wool is such an incredible product to work with, and I think it's got that high quality um, aspect to it as well. And it's just great using something that comes from the earth, like a natural fiber as well, in comparison to anything that's sort of manufactured as well. So. I would be very, very keen to use um, wool, merino wool, in um, some products that we've designed at the moment. So yeah, it's very exciting.
0: That's Nadia Bartel. You will find her pretty much everywhere in this digital age. Former wool industry store Michael Lemprier once said that no one really sells any wool until a consumer buys a woolen garment somewhere in the world and so creating beautiful garments and marketing those garments is vital and in a minute we'll hear from a vital cog in that wool chain but let's now take a few steps back to where it all begins on a farm of course the digital revolution is making Nadia Bartel's fashion business work but wool growers in Victoria are this year for the first time required to electronically tag every newborn lamb now this is a big change but have a listen to what Nathan Scott, who's a consultant, had to say about change at a recent Utime forum.
2: One of the, the main questions I like to ask people is whether or not they want to be better, um, and the resounding answer for every sheep producer that I've spoken to so far is they all want to be better. So the only way they can be better is to change. So that's our challenge. If they if they want to be better, they
0: have to change. Because change is kind of a negative word for a lot of people and a, a confronting word, but I suppose. A, when you couch it like that, um, it makes sense. Now, for a lot of the sheep producers that you speak to, what aspects of their business are they wanting to change?
2: Um, so, it's actually really interesting. Most of the things where we get the biggest benefit from are only small changes, um, in terms of small changes to their timing within their within their um, production calendar, or so time of lambing, doing things on time makes a big difference to, to uh, the outcomes that they end up with. And, The majority of it doesn't cost them any more
0: money, it's just changes to their management. So you speak to uh, a lot of sheep producers and uh, particularly also through uh, lifetime new management. Um, Is this what's coming through for them? Uh, Are they actually adopting these changes or is it something that you talk about around the kitchen table and then forget?
2: Um, No, well it is certainly from our perspective if we're not getting the true adoption of these things then we're all wasting our time. Um, So it does take time though, It, it, it it takes time to develop a habit and that's what we're we are trying to do is create a habit. So something like condition scoring, it's very easy for them to get into condition scoring during lifetime ute because they know the group's going to turn up. So they condition score their sheep before they arrive. Um, the real challenge is making sure that that becomes a habit and they continue on doing that long after lifetime you. Now
0: you're a you're a you're a technophile. I have to say that that noise in the background is Dave Pethick from Western Australia. He's got a very loud voice. I'm just going to plow on. We've got to make farming easier. We've got to make sheep production easier. Uh, these tags require often um, a, a physical recording of, uh, of data, and then that data has to be interpreted. So how do we make it easier? How do we make the collection of data passive and then the uh, analysis of that data uh, easy? Yeah, so it's a, it's a
2: really good point. The other thing we have to make sure is people are actually going to use the data. Um, and one of the great risks of EID is that it makes it so easy to collect data that people go out and collect everything um, and never use it. So we have to get them using the data as well. So we, we focus heavily on starting with an objective. So whether it's their enterprise objective or their breeding objective, we have to know where someone wants to get to. And then from there, we work our way back. Does EID play any role in helping them achieve that? What are the components that that they can use that that EID may be able to contribute to? Um, And then from there, it's keeping it as simple as we possibly can. So the two simplest um, pieces of data for people to collect is when they're marking their lambs, when you order your tags, you get a bucket file. And you get a visual number printed on the outside of every tag. So if all you do is record that tag one to 402 went into twins, For instance, just write it down in your notebook. You can go back to your bucket file and use that data any time in the next four years to be able to scan an animal's tag and know that it was born as a twin or was born as a single. So it doesn't require us to read any
0: tags to actually do it, we just have to track the numbers going into it. So that sounds like a very simple message, work out what your plan is and then see if the EID can work towards that. But sorry, I think I cut you off.
2: Yep, so then the other other thing is from a a preg scanning point of view, we've now got a lot more preg scanners who can record the data for you automatically. if they can do that recording against the individual animal automatically, it's a task that you're already doing. It's not adding time, labour, um, any of those things. So those two pieces of data we can essentially capture for free. The, that's what we start with, is those little wins um, that cost us nothing. There are other things that people might decide, but it has to be aligned to their objective to actually justify spending the money on it.
0: So a couple of, couple of free kicks. Well Nathan, thank you very much for your uh, presentation today, you certainly energised a lot of people. And uh, dare I say it, you're starting to develop a little bit of a cult following. Um, But uh, thank you very much again. And uh, yeah, it's great days for the sheep industry, isn't it? It is. Thanks for having me. So, with Nathan Scott's digital information collection and Nadia's digital fashion business, we now fill the two in, connecting farm and fashion. Take it away, AWI's Lisa Criplis.
3: I'm here with AWI's country manager for China, Jeff Ma. Welcome back to Australia.
4: Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here this week.
3: And I understand you've been here with the Chinese publication InStyle and doing a photo shoot for the luxury brand Icicle. Can you tell me a bit about that?
4: Yes, we bring uh, InStyle magazine uh, and the leading Chinese actress uh, Zhang Ying to Australia this week. So we went to uh, Bagani Farm uh, on day one uh it's a beautiful historical you know farm and we are shooting a new campaign with Instyle featuring um, the leading chinese actress for icicles 20th anniversary because we develop a very special capsule collection with um, icicles and uh, they order about 7,000 meters across direct from uh, Wu Development Center in Nanshan Group. Uh, so, you know, they developed 14 SKUs and they were put on 2,000 tickets and labels to promote this very special Merino Wu collections in the autumn winter season later this year.
3: And what type of items are included in the collection? Well,
4: it's a very broad selection of uh, innovative pieces from uh, Wu Development Centre, including the Optim technology, the Wu Danium, so on and so forth.
3: And this is an extension of when Icicle was here in Australia two weeks ago doing Uh, their live class?
4: Yes, they also uh, send a team of live broadcasting team um, to visit the farm. They also came around in AWS headquarters to interview our CEO, Stuart McCullough and other people talking about the latest development of AWI in terms of product development and market promotions. So yes, it's a very exciting year for Icicle as well as for us because it's a very good example. Of you know product development, commercialization, all the way to marketing promotion of Mer- Merino wool in China.
3: It's a wonderful collection. So hopefully, yes, consumers see beautiful. that too. Yeah, it's really lovely. I also understand that last mm. week we continued mm. our partnership with Lu Yan's label Komwa, and there yes. was an uh, a launch event.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a big fashion event in Beijing, and uh, we also um invited the Australian ambassador to China, Miss Jane Adams, to the event. She's uh, also, you know, interviewed with us on podcasts. I think that'll be featuring another episode. So it's a great event, great partnership, and we have very different strategies uh, to work with commercial brands like ISICO and we also have a strategy to work with um Emerging young designers like Kamwa, uh, because I think they target to very different demographics. Uh, for those young designer brands, um, they're really talking to the young millennials, who's you know developing a very unique, different taste, and they want more personalization. While brands like Icicle or Gemby, you know, they are everyday wear, um, you know, for more for the. Mass uh, consumers.
3: And are there any other exciting projects coming up in China yes, which you can yes. tell us
4: about? Yes, October will be really busy and uh, we will partner with one of the Wuma Goat Weavers from um, UK to do an event in Shanghai and uh, in the same week we will bring the IWP's regional f- finals uh, 12 pieces to Shanghai and first of its kind and we'll you know, organize a uh, exhibition event in Shanghai Fashion Week, followed by uh, two days uh, forums um, in Shanghai, and we will invite the students and young designers to attend the event. So it will be very busy in October.
3: Very busy indeed. Um we look forward yeah. to hearing about that event.
4: Thanks,
0: Lisa.
3: Thank you for joining us on The Yarn.
0: Well done, Lisa Gripless. So there it is. We have digitally connected farm, retailing, marketing and fashion in this episode of The Yarn. Hope you enjoyed it from me. Murray's coming. I look forward to catching you soon.